Hi there, and welcome to our next episode of Stranded in the Southlands, our Fate of Midgard game. I am your Game Master, Porter, and tonight we have our expanded cast back together again. Aaron, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Aaron, and I play Eleanor Westergaard. And first up, I just want to apologize. I have had a cold this week, and so my voice is going to not be in in top form tonight, and it's going to be a few notes lower. <laughs> um, so I play Eleanor Westergaard, and she is a beguiling magical slayer. Her trouble is still venom in my veins. And her other aspects are fantastical facades, Westergaard family business, and lady on a mission. And then she still has her other two gear aspects, negative energy ward amulet and her fancy whip. All right, Tiffany, go ahead. My name is Tiffany. I play Mira Barkridge. Uh, Mira is a well-meaning eccentric earthen enchantress. Her trouble is that she does not kill. And her other aspects are horticulture for hire, herbalist hobbyist. She is the caretaker of the figs. Now you get the thorns. That's her dark side. Uh, she also has the um, uh, negative energy uh, amulet ward and the staff of summer flame and returning to us after a several months long sabbatical brendan introduce yourself hey thanks that's great to be back uh i will be playing the character of yolok who is a kobold rogue uh yolok has changed one of his stunts since we last uh, saw him uh he no longer has sneak attack and instead he has a new stunt called lightning wits where once per scene on his turn without taking an action he may create a new scene aspect with one free invoke or add a free invoke to an existing aspect and that will be tied to either the terrain or the architecture surrounding the conflict his other aspects are that he's a slippery kobold treasure hunter uh, getting in is no problem Getting out, on the other hand, uh, also beneath notice, he has an eye for antiquities. He has complete dedication to the mistresses, and he's also got a new aspect, which is driven by the king killer, which is the emerald dagger that he absconded with uh, from our last adventures. All right, so... Very exciting to have the, the team back together again. So, Aaron, how about you give us a quick recap of what happened last time? So, last time began, and we were on the houseboat um, with the Shadows of Blood, and Eleanor had this dream, and she felt a pull, and woke up, and nothing was going on, but went outside and felt this tugging and decided to get on the magic carpet and go see what was up. Um, she followed that feeling, and it took her to Meshkenet's Pyramid, and she saw a bat, which we're assuming is Darius Obliviot, um, and that bat followed, tried following her, she evaded that, and went back to the houseboat to tell everyone kind of what was up. Um, she did tell Mira that she had been having dreams and feeling like he was around and um anyway she's pretty sure that he's in the pyramid now so there's that bit of information and then that next day we went searching for henna and we found her 
and Hannah has been creating all sorts of chaos in the streets. There's basically a war going on between the cat folk and the gnolls, mm-hmm. and then the vampires are sort of getting in there too. Um, and Hannah's supposed to do this big thing on the wall in a couple of nights, and um, we kind of got into a conversation, and Eleanor said, you know, you need to call on all these cats to rise up in revolution. Samira wasn't very happy with that. Um, and so there was actually a bidding war trying to get Henna to either use the Grimalkin Eye and its power to harness all the cats in the city or to just try to inspire them with her words. And um, Tiffany and I ended up using three fate points, I believe. <laughs> and um, it concluded with Henna choosing to use her power in the Grimalkin Eye to harness a cat army. Um, because let's be honest, we're getting ready to storm a giant pyramid. We need all the help we can get. So I still stand by my choice to burn two fate points. No regrets. No regrets. Um, and then we went out and we're going to head home when all of a sudden, tap, tap, tap. So yes, we ended last session with a bit of a cliffhanger, tap, tap, tap on your shoulder. And that's where we're going to pick up. So you have exited henna's hideout you came out through the cellar doors the cat folk guard there shuts them back behind you and you walk away you head back down and uh, another alleyway and you're headed back towards where you came and suddenly tap 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 and you turn around and there is your shadowy little kobold friend that that you last saw back up in Nuria when you were fighting the were the uh, the were tigers, and he appeared falling out of the sky and helped slice them up good. So it was uh, that's the last time you saw him, and you headed off to Paranu, and here he is, and here you are. Not sure which one is more surprising. So I will turn it to you. Greetings, mistresses. You. Yolok? Is is that Yolok? I am happy to report it is me. <laughs> we were just asking some of our new acquaintances about you. We thought you might be in town. Mm, I hope I've not gained too much of a reputation here as I'm trying to keep a low profile. Yolok, last time we saw you, oh. It was a horrible night, but last time we saw you, you were headed headed out, and we we were going north, but what aren't you supposed to be up somewhere else? What has brought you back to uh, Perbastet? Ah, yes, well, you see, I've been trying to expand my collection of antiquities, and... As you recall, there was a particular item here that I was trying to secure long ago, uh, and unsuccessfully, I might add. And so I've come back to try and secure this particular ancient relic. Is that how you came upon to find us? Indeed. In fact... I was just about to enter the building when I saw you two go in. Do you know who lives in that house? 
Um, that is a meat packing plant. Uh, yes, <laughs> by lives in. I of course mean operates out of. Yolak, are you after that Grimalkin eye? Of course. I think it would look wonderful in my collection. <laughs> uh, yes, Henna is here. Um, however, Yolak, you can take that Grimalkin eye, but Henna must have it until the full moon. Of course, anything to please the mistresses. Ah, uh, Yolak, it is, it is very curious that we meet you now, as we could really use your skill set. Perhaps we could go talk somewhere with a bit more safety and security around. Believe me, while I am next to you, you're as secure as you can possibly be. <laughs> uh, Eleanor smiles. Um, so we're still in an alleyway, and we should probably go somewhere safe to kind of talk and maybe get some food. Is there um, maybe like a, not like a highbrow pub or anything, just like something like very kind of tucked away, hole in the wall kind of a place we can go? Oh, uh, are you looking for a place where creatures of my kind tend to congregate? Places where you may stand out, but no questions would be asked. As long as discretion can be secured and we have no fear of eavesdroppers, then if it's a reputable place for conversation by you, it's fine by us. Reputable, perhaps, is too strong a word, but I can promise that our conversations will be between us. Lead on, then. And we follow Yolak. Fantastic. Sweet. I want to take them to a... Uh, I feel like Yolak has uh, contacts in uh, sort of the shady underbelly type oh, uh, yes. type locations. And uh, and I, I don't know if you want me to do like a, a contacts roll or nope, something like that. but spin it. I, I, I'm imagining a place that is a total dump. Like just a complete, you would not eat the food there uh, unless it were very much the last place on earth. And uh, there's maybe like a person there. And other than that, it's just like a grumpy chef that also plays, you know, the pers the front office and also accounts for all the money. Oh, yes. And so it, it's it's just a total, total sty with one regular sitting in like the regular's chair. I love it. And the, the, the only thing I'm going to add to that is that it is a kobold run establishment by and for kobolds. And while the two of you can walk in there... You yes. kind of have to just hunch a little uncomfortably. Ooh. And can it can it be called, please, the hole in the wall? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and in fact, you walk the the entrance is an old busted. <laughs> you know that someone something got tossed through a through a a, a a a brick wall some long time ago, and some enterprising kobold bartender turned it into his place. Love it. 
Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. It's basically cool. the unfinished basement of some other building, and it's like, so it's, that's why it's not very tall, and that's, yeah, so you're, you're stepping in through a broken hole uh, in a brick wall that leads you down, and you have to kind of, like, hop down to the little shelf floor below, and then you are in a low-ceilinged basement uh, cobalt bar. Perfect. And when we walk in, I make eye contact with the owner, the fellow kobold who may or may not, you know, be giving shifty-eyed looks towards my my counterparts. Uh, and and I, I I give him the signal. I give him the old uh, the old finger on nose to let him know that everything's above board. He 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 gives you a little uh, uh, a little um, uh, a little waggle back and um, brings over a few very questionable drinks and then leaves you alone you know the expectation is to leave three times payment on the table yeah perfect so my ladies what was it you wished to discuss precisely the reason why henna must have control of the grimalkin eye through the full moon she is part of our plan that we are hoping that you can become a part of, too. We need your help. Oh, I do Again. love scheming. <laughs> I think um, at, over this, I don't know if we're going to eat the food or if we're just sitting here, but um, I, I think that we start to tell him, you know, of our whole travels, um to Paranu and kind of what happened there and kind of catch Yolak up so that he understands why we're here, what we're doing. Um, Eleanor would even tell him about the dreams and... Oh, okay. So you're going to open up the veil of your your whole vampiric stuff. You never really went into too much detail about that before. Yeah, but I, I think he needs to know okay. so that uh, he understands like mm -hmm. all the different players with this big thing that's going to happen. Okay. Uh, I, I definitely order a, uh, a, a bread and cheese, which, which is like the only thing that one can get, I imagine. Sure. <laughs> or, and for you, for, from your, from a like cobalt cuisine, it's actually not like, it's actually not terrible. It's not like horribly yeah. made. It's just really not to like, to the, palates of of uh humans it, it's not that it's like rancid or bad quality it's just oddly flavored especially as cheese can definitely get weird and so oh, yeah perfectly fine but it's weird and it's hard to describe it has an extremely sharp quality to it but uh it, it, it's uh quite good to you love it mm-mm-mm Good old cobalt cheese and bread. So, um, in hearing the recounted tales and in hearing about sort of the grand scheme, um, I think Yolak mostly just sits and listens. Um, he's not really trying to press for any more information, and he also does not really volunteer anything that he's been doing. Yeah, so we get to the part where we're in Paranu, 
and we come back to our hotel room. So, your luck. Um, as we were coming home that day, we came back to our to our room, and there was a ghostly message for us from Meshkenet. Apparently, when you and Mira chose not to kill Nikumba, he went back to Meshkenet. And because of this, Meshkenet knew where we were, and she went back to Nuria, or her servants or somebody, and they found where we were staying, and they have now kidnapped Mira's friend Tomlin and are holding him in the pyramid. So this is why we have to go to the pyramid. This is what we have to do. And Yolak, I I want you to know that this could have been avoided had you killed Nakumba. And I want to make sure that when we go into this pyramid that I can count on you to do the right thing when you have to do it. And you will kill the things that need to be killed. Of course, I always do what the mistresses instruct. Now, I'm not Nakumba's biggest fan. I would never jump to his defense. However, just for clarification and finger-pointing purposes, we're not sure that Nakumba went running back anywhere. If she could track us down, she could certainly track one of her former charges down. If he had run for the hills to expect a life of anonymity like I had hoped he would do, she could have apprehended him. He's he's not at her bedside. He's chained to his, to her dungeon, same as Tomlin. So she could have used him and leveraged any amount of information. We don't know that he went running back. This could be a consequence of mercy, which I thought was a risk worth taking. And unfortunately, Tomlin is now paying the price. Mistress Eleanor, I I wish you to know that had Mistress Mira given the order to slice his throat, I would not have hesitated. But when she told me to release him, I had no choice. Eleanor slowly turns to look at Mira. <sighs> Mira... We, we have to be agreed that, that we will be able to make the, that we will be able to make these hard decisions when the time comes. Can we do that? Well, look, the time is here, right? The time is not going to come. The time is here. We are storming the castle as it were in, you know, a few days time. I think I've never been charged or expected to take a life. I've never had a life in my hands where I had time to make a decision. I have wrought chaos around me that I was unaware of, 
but I have never had a life in my hands and I chose the side of mercy, nor did I want to control the hands of another. But at the time, Yolak was right. He owed us a debt and he has our loyalty, but we, we are hoping, as I turn to Yolak, that part of the reason for our recounting of the tale is that you understand the full scope of what's at stake here and that these are risks that you take on of your own accord. You are not beholden to us anymore. We're friends and you have our trust. And I imagine, you know, um, you ha uh, I am hoping that when you take this on, it is because you are choosing to join the cause, not out of some duty or honor that you feel obligated to out of loyalty to us. Do you think it's the right thing to do? Storming into the face of danger to save the life of another. Eleanor rolls her eyes so hard <laughs> when you hit that, uh, you don't have to join us. Do it because you want to. <laughs> your luck. We could really use your help on this. And I, I want you to know that next time you need to do what you believe is right in that moment. If your wish is for me to exercise my own free will, then of course I will oblige. Yes, your luck. That, that is what we are saying. <laughs> I only hope that if my actions are not particularly aligned with your desires, that you remember this conversation. Yes, I will, your luck. And, and there, while, there is... while this past, while these past events cannot be changed, they are set in stone. The future belongs to those who are most powerful. Which brings me to my next item of business. And um, Eleanor proceeds to tell Yolok about her vampiric state, um, about the Westergaards, the whole family story, um, how she got into the Oasis, and then she also tells him about Darius Obliviot and that he's here and all about him, so that he is... Yolak is completely up to speed with the the vampire situation. So just for clarity, they're asking you to walk to to help them break in to the Great Pyramid and under the nose of a god a a a, a god queen, an ancient vampire lord, a uh and a whole buttload of undead. We have an army of cats. You have an army of cats, and there's probably a lot of good stuff in that pyramid, too. Do you actually have an army of cats yet, though? Or is that going to be coming here in a couple days? That's going to be... Um, Henna's going to get all the cats and cat folks yeah. to come. And then she's going to inspire them to go storm the pyramid, basically. Cause... Something, something about counting your kittens before they hatch or something. Something. Um, so I, yeah. Um, while, <laughs> yeah, I, Yolak gets it. 
there's temple raiding to be done. Cool. Okay, so he just he he's now up to speed. Uh, we, cool. we we filled him in on everything. Sounds good. All right. How are you guys? So you've got a couple days to kill. Mm, where's uh, Yodlock? Where are you staying in the city? I don't stay in the same place for any extended period of time. So we can't bring him back to the house boat, right? But he has places to stay, so we can just all just some place to meet. Don't worry, don't worry about my comfort. In fact, I find that I'm most comfortable when I'm not in polite company. And I look over at the uh, the barkeep and give him the little nod. He waggles back. So how might we find you again? Well, it seems to me like we have quite the enormous task in front of us. When would you wish to set out? Well, Henna plans to, like, rally all the folks when they're at the full moon at the wall that is it that is the the night that's when we're storming the the castle are they gonna like go yeah let's go and then like go from that point to the pyramid yeah or is it like go home get your weapons get ready to like no no it's like we're moving pretty much okay so yeah um i believe we should we should select a rendezvous point shortly before Hena's presentation so that we can get our our plan in order for the events that will soon follow. I don't know what um, monument or something. Yeah, should... we'll, we'll wave a hand and you guys figure out, you, 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 uh, you figure out a good meeting spot near the wall. All right, so you guys have a few nights to kill. Um, what do you plan to do in your intervening few days. So actually before before we adjourn. Yeah. Uh my my mistresses, please. I have to know what is the plan? The plan for the pyramid? Yes. There will be a great many foes that we will need to surpass. How precisely do you plan on reaching the God Queen? There is one main entrance on the pyramid and then three service entrances. And we are going to enter the pyramid through one of the service entrances while the cats are creating chaos in the streets. From that point, I don't know. Um, maybe Eleanor's starting to think we should maybe do like a little scouting mission during these two days. Maybe get on the carpet and be invisible and go check out the pyramids. Not a bad idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, scouting from the outside will only give you so, just for clarity, scouting from the outside is great recon, but it only gives you so much information about what you're dealing with. Um, can, we don't need to play this out, but can I make a, okay, just, okay, so we'll, we'll do that. I'll come back into the conversation, um, from that point. So, your luck, the plan is to get into the pyramid, 
rescue Tomlin. And then we're going to go through the Shadow Realm and get back to the Oasis. To quote Trolls, to quote Branch from Trolls, that's a wish list, not a plan. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, I don't see any shortcomings in this plan whatsoever. Perhaps it would benefit us if I took on some of the reconnaissance in the service entrances in these coming days. I might be able to get a little bit deeper on the inside and learn about what we're up against. That would be great. I cannot go near the pyramid, as Darius will be able to feel my presence close. So I think that's great. That, I think that's great yeah. that you'll let go do recon. That is a great idea. Um, note that you could give him a, uh, a glamour or a veil to send him in with. Oh, yes. Which would probably increase his odds. Yes, I want to, when he does that, I want to veil him. Okay. Invisibility. Okay. Um. Ooh, the only thing sneakier than a kobold is an invisible kobold. It's, yes. <laughs> ah, you appear to have forgotten my aspects. <laughs> Oh, no, we're just hedging the dice rolling. Ah, okay. Because <laughs> depending on who's looking, a beneath-notice kobold is still visible. Yes. Okay, cool. cool. Uh, should we maybe uh, do that? Yeah. I think that's a great mm-hmm. idea. So um, we will uh, play this as a, a bit of a montage. So, um, so is the plan for Aaron to veil him up? Yes. Okay. And then from there, we will have you do some, uh, some, a bit, a bit of scouting. Um, Mira, is there, is there anything you can or want to, you think you can contribute to this? Just ask um, them before they, they start. I mean, I think anything in my arsenal that would be applicable, I, I would offer my magical lock-picking twigs, but I don't think that your lock would particularly need those. Probably but it not. couldn't nope. hurt. The, uh, the only thing I can think of is if you wanted to provide him with a, uh, a, um, a potion of, like an herbalist potion of some kind going into his, his thing. Um, but you would need to, uh, you, and you could do that with your herbalism, with your herbalism stunt. Um, okay. if you wanted to say, I'm going to give you X and it might end, uh, it may well be useful while he's doing his recon. So if you have Can any ideas I... on that regard, that's kind of where I'm, where I'm thinking might be possible. Um, yes, I will do that. And, um, and maybe this is just way too more detailed than is necessary, but, um, uh, for a montage, but I, because Mira wants to like protect him and send him sort of into the bowels um, or, you know, as close as he probably has ever been. Um, I want to give him, I want to stay far away. I'm going to give him things that I can and I'm going to go kick it and study my ritualist lessons for the next day. Oh yeah. And while Eleanor and Yolak are doing the veil recon, 
um, I'm going to give him my negative energy ward to wear in the process. Ooh, that's a good idea. That's a good so idea. that he is more protected to get closer. Okay. So Yolak, she uh, she gives you a um, a uh, I think they were silver necklaces, mm-hmm. um, but it is it's fairly simple, but it will ward you against the uh, life draining properties of various undeads and also like mind controls or anything along those lines. What do you feel like you would need? To escape to safety. Would you rather have a band-aid or do you want to have a hasty retreat? I've heard legends of potions that can confuse those that are under its effects. Potions that when thrown into crowds of people can cause mass hysteria and allow me to make a quick and hidden escape. Is that within your realm of expertise? Mine, yes. However, I fear that you will be up against the undead among the number of the defenses that Miss Kennett probably employs. And I fear they may not be vulnerable to what I can whip up to that effect. Ah, uh, yes. Would that be true? Would that be true? Can that, I have that, an undead Yes, you are, you are correct in that. Yeah, that's what Undead I thought. <laughs> are notoriously difficult to pull mind control stuff on. Well, as you are the expert in the area, I would <coughs> defer to your judgment. If you believe that a uh, a health poultress would be the way to go, then of course I would defer. But I do feel as though my best defense would be gaining the upper hand in a quick escape. Haste it is. So it's like a, so what I pull together is like a, it's like a stimulant. So basically it's like an adrenaline rush where he can, once imbibed, he can run faster and like tap into like every possible muscle potential. Yeah. That's a, that'll be a stunt bonus for, um, fast like running away kind of stuff and and so that's that's fairly easy to adjudicate when it comes up so that works all right you have yourself a one-use potion of haste great that will really only last for this for this uh this montage okay expire if they're not refrigerated exactly exactly eleanor you want to go ahead and veil him up yep so you want this to last yes so So i just rolled a four uh, that'll, that is, that is good. Do you want to use, that's actually good enough. You don't even need to use your meta magic. You can just take the difficulty hit for a longer, okay. for a longer spell. Yep. I just want to keep him invisible. Very good. Okay. So, um, from a safe distance from the pyramid, she's able to, uh, cover you in an invisible, in a, in a veil, which makes you invisible to sight. You are not silenced, but you are invisible. So now you can be extra sneaky. So basically you have the you have an aspect of invisible with one free invoke on it that you can wow, use. Wow, okay. That's pretty sweet. It is indeed. This is what she does. So for uh so are you uh, is your intent to try and sneak into uh the pyramid and get as much lay of the land as you can? 
My intent is to sneak into the pyramid and figure out where the main arteries going to and from mm -hmm. the most defensible positions are and where these you know the air ducts effectively the the fantasy air ducts are you know sure in in order to like trying to figure out a mapped route so that we don't have to fight our way through the entire army and simultaneously i'm trying to assess the the size and morale of the forces that are there okay. and i am looking for specifically anything that looks like it may have come from or is associated with the temple of thoth hermes okay very good. I think something else that I, I'm assuming Mira would want is to check on Tomlin. Find out where they're keeping him. Is he alive? Like, any intel on that? Yeah. I mean, if he can... I To be honest, I didn't expect... If he makes it all the way to, like, the dungeon itself, then... Yeah, I, I think Mira's hopes are not that high. I don't think she wanted to, like, set the expectation of, like, go check for signs of life. Like, if we can just gain any advantage. Well, I think we need to know if Tomlin's still alive. Because if he's been transformed, what's the point? That, oh, no, I, I just, that's it, a That's a, that's a bit, that, that's asking, a, that's a, that's much more than a recon mission. That is the full operation. Well, no, yeah. just, just like seeing, like, where is the dungeon? Is he still alive? Being able to answer that question would... So, yes, I understand your point. I'm saying that that is... If you get close enough to be able to do that, you're practically probably in the case, in, in the ready to rescue him. So Okay. Well, at least, like, yeah, find we... where, where is the dungeon, like, located, maybe. So we know what part. Now, if you guys and... want to go start going the route of trying to get information from other people in the temple and like start interrogating people that's a whole different type of operation yeah we need to kind of know what like what her defense even just comings and goings of like shifts or if these you know are just sort of undead sentries that literally stand at these you know posts day in day out unblinking or you know what what we're up against and kind of what the operations are why are there three different service entrances if there's only one front door? Like, what's coming and going? And who's manning those doors? And what's the activity like? And who's doing it? What are the What's the access like? And that's what I think his priority should be right now. And so I, after they're discussing this and she puts the veil on Yolak, she also says, Yolak, I want you to... I, I want you to keep an eye out for anything strange or dark or vampiric around even just feelings that you have of course we need to know if there are more vampires in this pyramid and we need to know how big uh how strong is it darius of Liviat, and is he alone is we need to know just what the presence is I will do my best to assess the situation. 
So just because I'm curious now, the um, when when Eleanor had the dreams in which Darius appeared, and when she woke up, her amulet was glowing. Yes. Is that because of her connection to Darius, or is that just like a vampiric effect that his amulet that I gave him will glow if he's around a bunch of vampire stuff? You don't know. We'll find out. Yep. Yep, you will. <laughs> so there's there's a pretty long checklist of things that I'm trying to <laughs> assess here. Um, but so I, I I don't know how you want to handle this. Uh... So I think I think to begin with, let's begin with just being able to get in to uh, so um, uh, first of all some observations you're able to kind of hang out for a little bit and observe. Um, big big biggest thing is which entrance are you going to be going in? Are you going in um, one of the? Are you going? Are you going in the main entrance to the east, or are you going into a service entrance on the north, west, or south? Uh, the main entrance is on the east. Yes. I'm going to take the road. service entrance on the opposite side, so on the west. Okay. The farthest from the main entrance. Okay. So, um, you are seeing, as you observe it for a little bit, there is very little traffic coming and going from this service entrance, but you do see there's an occasional um, patrol that is that or is uh, or there seem to be two or three patrols orbiting the pyramid itself that pass by that entrance, and um, you see very. Um, utilitarian type of stuff coming in and out of that entrance, like seemingly like uh, laborers and um, dead, um, the city dead who are carrying loads of of materials or things like that. So it seems like a a utilitarian entrance. Hmm. Okay. Like construction materials? Yeah, like maintenance stuff or huh. loads it's our it it looks like they're they're carrying like bundles or boxes or crates and there was even a small hand like a small like trolley hand cart kind of thing that came out at one point yeah so i i think that that's the entrance i want to go in and since i am invisible uh i'd like to time the entrance to when uh, i'm not really on a on any sort of time pressure here. So let a patrol go by and then follow in right behind uh, one of these little convoys that are going in. Yep. Go ahead. So I can't imagine that happens immediately, but you know, it might take a few, a few cycles. Yeah. Go ahead and give me a covert roll to sneak in. Okay. Not, not my best. Uh, Here we go. Uh, Okay. That's plus zero on the dice. So that's a one. I, I, this should be, cha- this is challenging. Difficulty will be three for pretty much everything we're going to be doing through this. Um, so a one is a straight up fail or a success at a major cost, unless you then change that result with invokes, 
re-rolls, things like that. Yeah, so uh, I would like to invoke my uh, aspect, getting in is no problem. Sure. Getting out. Uh, okay. And so that takes me down a fate point. Yes, pay a fate point for that. That makes total yep. sense. Go ahead and just, uh, do you want to re-roll or add plus two? I, I just, so if I tie, is that a success or is that a success at a cost? A tie is a success at a minor cost. Oh, jeez, Louise. Um, yeah, success at a minor cost. We'll okay. do that. So you are able to, um, you are able to time it as one of the, as one of the, uh, the things is, um, passing through and in the course of, uh, sorry, as one of the, uh, the other groups are coming out, you are going in and you're slipping through as the, as the door is closing and you, you dash in and as soon as you are in, there is a, you see a little skittering thing on the wall and it looks like a scarab beetle. Except for on the back of the scarab beetle is a little jeweled, what looks almost like an eye, encrusted on its back. And it, for a moment, it stares at you. It then moves on, and you, it, you're pretty sure, you're not sure if it saw you or not, because you're pretty sure you're invisible. But, you then see another eye. And another one. And they're all kind of crawling along these walls, moving along, and they don't blink. Just these odd little dark gems that look like eyes on the back of scarab beetles crawling around the walls. And you realize that there's one, like, right behind your head. And it's really Oof. creepy. So you don't know if if you're being seen by them or not. Okay. Uh, but they don't immediately creepy. like swarm or react, but you're but that one like you're like, wait, was that just the right was that the wrong angle or is it looking at me or it's really hard to tell. Okay. That is the security system of nightmares. <laughs> so yes, there are little scarabs randomly crawling along all the walls. Uh, no. okay. So, um, your hallway proceeds. Um, so there's yeah. a hallway in front of you, and it is a very utilitarian hallway. There's a bunch of doors that seem like, um, storeroom kind of thing, doors. Um, and if you take a moment to peek, sure enough, it's storeroom stuff. Very boring, basic things. And... Okay. Immediately, there is a, there is movement coming down the hall, and I'm, so in the interest of us keeping this moving, um, we're not going to do this blow by blow. Yeah. This level is, has a fair bit of activity moving about in terms of almost universally the dead, moving goods, supplies, and such 
um, around this this area. Okay. So um, you are now in, and in order to move about undetected, go ahead and give us another covert roll. Okay, so sorry. Now I'm now I'm moving from where to where. I, I'm moving from the corridor to another place. Yeah, further corridors to explore. Because right now you kind of have you have to move okay. around to start exploring. Okay. Plus one. Oh, so that puts me at a two. So you do have your invoke of invisible as well. You also have your potion for haste. You have things that you have your own fate points. You have stuff at your um, at your disposable disposal to to avoid notice. Um. Oh goodness! All right. Thus far, all I've learned is that they have like <laughs> random utilitarian materials. Okay, I have to spend another fate point. And uh, I'm just going to... What are you invoking this time? Yeah, uh, this time I am invoking invisibility. Okay. Do you want to use your free invoke? Oh, I get a free invoke of no, that? She, she gave you a free invoke on that. Oh, I did not realize that. Okay, yes, I would like to use my free invoke of invisible. Okay, so as you're moving about in throughout this level, uh, navigating around, you... Um, you are, there's a group passing by, and you're able to evade by um, by tucking yourself tight against a wall, and they very narrowly brush by you, but you are invisible, so they are completely unaware of you. So, as you navigate around, you are able to connect from this area to more of a, a main area, and you see, you find kind of the next major zone, which is a kind of large, much grander central area, and there is a, um, what seems like an, uh, there's a large platform, or rather a large pillar of stone that slides up and down like an elevator, allowing you to move from this main level down to a uh, down uh, to move down deeper or higher in the pyramid. And um, if you want to take time to watch and wait for others to to um, be here or to to watch them operate that thing, uh, that's gonna call for focus. or you can move on and explore elsewhere. Just so I'm clear because I'm sure this may be information he would want to just glean. When you're saying that it goes up and down, is he, does it seem to be kind of moving up and down sort of like, you know, Super Mario style, like at equal intervals, or does it seem to be like called it at is random triggered. intervals depending it on is demand? Definitely, it is definitely not running on regular intervals. It is activated. So I want to, I want to focus and wait and observe until I see someone of higher status. Okay. So, you, uh, go ahead and give me a focus roll. Ah. 
Okay, that is a zero on the dice and a two focus. So two. Whew. Um, I'm going to fate point it, and is it a success if I just add the plus two? Yep, that will make you a, success, a clean success. Yep, let's do that. Okay, sure enough, as you... Uh, as you wait, and the reason it takes a while, you're, you have to keep kind of moving gently around the room and be very, very patient. And after a while, in comes, and you can actually feel a shift in the temperature in the room. You see a large human, well, large for a human. Everything's large to you. A large for a human marching at the front of a much more heavily armored group of dead. And he is encased in Nurian heavy armor with a wickedly curved sword on his back. And his head, in place of his head, is a flaming skull. And he comes marching through with, like, purpose. Uh, you can just feel anger and hostility just sort of pouring off of him as he storms into the, into the space with his squad with him. And they come to the platform and you see some, you see one of his, um, well, you see him pull out what looks like a very odd circular key. So a little key that has a circle on the front that he puts into a a panel on the the platform. It glows white hot and then the platform comes. You step the group of them all step on and he is he is um very impatient and the whole thing rises upwards into the pyramid. Okay, when I see him walk in, can I take a fast action and and get on the platform with him? You sure can. That Go is ahead. so risky. Go ahead and make yeah. that move. Okay. So this is fast. Do you want to you do you want so using the po so do you want to um so once you use the potion, it's active for like the for the rest of the scene, but you can't use it mid action. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh the scene will continue as I go up, correct? Correct. Yeah, I down that I down that bad boy. Okay. That was supposed to be your exit <laughs> potion, not your go deeper and get on an elevator with the with the flaming head guard. Okay, so fast is a <laughs> fast is a three. Fast is a three, uh, and the haste potion is how much? That gives you an extra two. So that puts me at five plus two on the dice is a seven. You are a six. That's a success with style. So you get on that platform smoothly, and you have a boost that you can use. For the next uh, for the next uh, few interactions, as long as it feels relevant to the momentum you just gained, okay? Okay. So you are on the uh, 
you are on the platform and it rises up and it passes through two different levels upwards, stops at the highest level upwards that it goes. You can tell that it can't go any higher up. That does not necessarily mean that this is the top floor of the pyramid. That's yeah. just as far as the elevator goes. Okay. And in fact, Yolak, because of your your you know familiarity with tombs and and delving and such, you're you you have a decent sense of like a depth and ele elevation, also as a kobold. Um, and so you are confident that this is not the top level of the pyramid, but it is probably the top level that is fairly like spacious. Okay. Things start getting fairly narrow from here up. You can probably tell. So. From here, they all start, they all storm forward, um, and uh, you're able to kind of hop off the platform before it um, leaves. And they all head down a hall, uh, another hallway, and it leads to, um, you're able to kind of easily trail behind them, and it leads to a library. What seems like a, what seems like a library. Um, by the way, light in here is odd. There's sources of light, but not like torch light, and it's dim yet somehow illuminated. Like the there's not the the torches aren't like fiery torches, but there's just glowing gems throughout. And so you can see, and you're pretty sure that your your human friends could see as well, but the light's just very it's very dim and it's very eerie. Um, okay. Even though things are visible. Okay. So, in the library, you hear several voices, including the uh, a, a crispy voice coming from what you're pretty sure was the fiery dude, but you hear a a uh, a very raspy, uh, a very raspy female voice, and you also hear a very smooth masculine voice coming from there as well. And there is a, they are, um, it sounds like there's an argument about jurisdiction, about not jurisdiction. There's an argument about who's in charge. And the fiery guy seems quite pissed off because the smooth voice seems to be getting a lot of leeway. So now, I would offer you a compel on your trouble of getting in is easy. Getting out is an entirely different question. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Do you want to take that fate point? Do you really want to take that fate point? Let, uh, b before I answer that, can I ask if there are any books that uh, I'm really focused in on trying to scan for anything that is like Thoth Hermes relevant. So this library is uh it is um they're not uh the they're not books as much as scrolls that are in fairly thick cases. Um uh -huh. there are labels but they're hard to read unless you're getting in close to stuff. Um so are you going to actually head into the room, or are you just going to listen from afar, from outside? Oh, man. <laughs> um, 
at some point I need to answer if I'm going to take that compel too, huh? Yep. Oh, Lord. Going in the library will also let you see those other personages. Okay. Uh, I would love to take that fate point. Okay. And so. um, I assume that in doing so, that lets me get in towards the library and see who the people are? Yep, yep, I'll give you that. Okay. The the, uh, the downside is that they are going to become aware of your presence. And you are yeah, going to have to mad Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. All right, so you slip in. You continue hearing the conversation. You do get a view of a bunch of the different scrolls while you're kind of looking at some stuff. And in uh, so before, so you get a look at them. And yes, the crispy, the crackly voice is indeed coming from the fiery guy. And his voice sounds like a furnace talking. Um, and then the raspy female voice comes from what you can only guess is Meshkenet. Um, because she is wrapped in entirely in linen cloth and uh, up to and around her face. Her face is absolutely sunken and withered and her teeth are are barely there and then but then she is regaled in massive amounts of gold a huge golden headdress big mantle necklace uh, across her shoulders um things like coils running down her arm she is glammed out and uh you you are based on what you've been told you are pretty sure that this must be Meshkenet. And then the other figure in the room is a man, very pale, dark hair, slicked back, dressed in clothes that you have seen nobody in this part of the world wearing. A loose flowing, uh, loose flowing, uh, blousey style shirt, tight black leather pants, boots up to his calves, <laughs> um, and, uh, you have no idea who this fool is, but you have a hunch based on what you've been told by your friends that this must be Darius Obliviat. Okay. Because who else could it be? With a name like that, he's got to have thick boots. Yes. A capital V vampire. Exactly. Yeah. From the land of vampires. Vampires. <laughs> vampires. So... Um, you are going through the, um, you are peeking through some of the scrolls on, on one of the, the shelves while you're trying to kind of listen and watch and you're getting a little, um, a little too, splitting your focus a little too much. And you, uh, you actually find one that does indeed say something about Thoth Hermes enough that you actually pull it off the shelf to look at it um, and realize that it is a, it is the, uh, uh, a core gospel of Thoth Hermes. And then you realize that you are invisible 
holding something that is not invisible. <laughs> and Mesh Kennet hisses as she sees cool. the floating scroll case in the room. Okay. It's time to run, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're gonna boil this down to a down to a single roll. Oh, cool. Fast. <laughs> difficulty five. Ooh, okay. That's that's rough. That is rough. You burned the haste potion on a damn elevator. It is still active. Well, we have to it get is in. still active. I, it I is still that's... active. Oh, that's true. Yeah, oh, it's it, still it, active. It's still oh, active. Well, then he's fine. So, um, we're gonna get you. You you have to get out of here. And um, okay. am I am I keeping the uh, the the scroll or uh, is the scroll getting tossed? That's up to you. So can you can you tell me you you said the title of it was one of the core gospels it's or a something? The core gospel of Thoth Hermes. Your uh, is it is this a common tome or is this some... seems like it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. I drop it. All right. I don't carry it. Okay. Uh. Okay. So just a fast roll. Yep. Give me a fast roll. Difficulty five. Yikers. Okay. Uh, ooh, <laughs> that's minus two on the dice. Ooh. Uh, okay, so that puts me at a three. That sucks. I think we might what be- happens if I fail this? So, we'll be rescuing Yolak and Tomlin. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, I, I don't know. Like, I can, I can, I have a fake point that I can spend, but I am just curious. Like, what yeah, would? Yeah. So, I actually am is not my intent to uh, capture you and pull you out of the action this early. Um, my, my, my thought is you will take a, uh, you will take a consequence. Yeah, and uh, and they will be, they will know that someone was sneaking around. Yeah. So, I'm definitely. Definitely not going to do that. I'm going to. Oh, I have a boost, right? You do have a boost. You've still got your potion adrenaline boost. Sure. Is that a plus two that's or is a that plus a plus two? One? So that's a, that would bring you to a tie. That'd be a success at a minor cost. Uh, okay. I don't even want to mess with that still. So I'm going to fate point plus two on that. Okay, that gives you a clean success, my friend. Yeah, so that takes me back down to one. Favorite. Okay, so through a, uh, you are able to, um, you are able to, by the skin of your teeth, escape out, and you're you're fleeing from there. You actually end up running. Can I choose the route? I no, flee? no, you don't. You do okay. not get to choose the route. You okay. are running for your life. You are invisible. You are fast as hell. And you are running through a... Uh, you actually end up passing through a different wing. And this wing takes you through an area where there seem to be a lot of... Uh, a, a lot of rooms where... Um, Things are happening on the other side of doors, and you are not sure what, and you don't have time to look, but you hear a lot of screaming, a lot of moaning, and at one point you crash into a dead coming out of a door, and he 
falls on the ground sprawling and you see um several um you're not sure you saw at least one hand you saw at least a few eyeballs and a foot all rolling around the room uh, across the floor and you pretty much you're pretty sure you stepped on an eyeball in the course of running out so cool. you're in a different wing of the building and in fact you exit uh you slam through uh the the service exit um knocking again knocking down a dead on your way out cuz you're moving through here and you bust out of the north exit okay and there are dead chasing out after you but you are invisible and you are fast as hell so you get away (laughs) okay but there was a big disruption and you but you do have a pretty good you learned some pretty useful stuff there Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I want to go report all of this to Eleanor and Mira. So let's assume without having to get into detailed recounting. Yeah. What are parts of that that the two of you, if there's anything the two of you want to zoom in on and discuss or... Well, so our biggest thing was that he got in. We... We know that we have to get on an elevator. To... That's operated by. That's, that's operated. Oh, we we only we know there is an elevator. We don't. We know there is a library accessed by a keyed elevator. Yep, and the key seems to be a circle at the end of a little key rod, and it glows white hot. Okay. And that seems to be at least where Meshkenet, Darius, and her, who we presume is maybe like a head guard, her, you know, right hand muscle or something, um, like take meetings. Mm -hmm. But the other part is the possible dungeon, possible torture chamber, possible some other multi-purpose cellular wing where body parts are being carried around and moaning and screaming is going on behind walls. Yep. Don't need a key to get to that wing. I don't know. Do we want to go into that wing? Depends on who the body parts belong to, I'd say. Well, if the objective is to find where the torture chambers are, that sounds kind of torture-y. Yeah. Sure, let's go there. Well, so the so I don't actually know who the firehead guy is. Do you two know who firehead guy is? Nope. No, this is the this would be the first we're hearing about it. What I think is really interesting was the subject of the argument that was taking place. Yeah. Because we had talked about how when Darius kind of blew into town, he rolled up into the pallid court and started disrupting Lady Alashra's chain of command and maybe challenging her leadership. He sure did. 
And we maybe thought that he was cool with Miss Kennett and either she brought him in or vice versa. But like, he was like, they were fine. And then he blows into the, you know, vampire court and starts shaking stuff up there. And now it sounds like stuff may not be so steady over here either. Is that my correct assumption as to whatever Yolok heard? Um, the thing that I would add to that is Meshkenet seems to be giving him powers. Oh, okay. By, so by that powers, was... as, by not powers. like mystical powers, as in cooperating and giving him control and and authority that Crispy Head did not like. <laughs> Okay, okay. So that was who the argument over power was, not between mm. Darius and Meshkenet. Correct. Meshkenet was, was not... Our, yes, exactly. Okay. Darius and Meshkenet, thick as thieves. Um, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Sorry. In, in Ghost Rider, not so much. <laughs> so... Ghost Rider maybe has life <laughs> being at the right-hand seat of Miss Kennet, and then she brings in her friend from out of town, and now he's getting a little jealous. But he was wearing Nurian heavy armor, right? Yeah. He was not wearing, um, I don't know what. He's a local. Yeah. He wasn't wearing mummy garb. While he may have been, you know, somehow reanimated to some degree, what with the flaming skull and all, he was wearing local armor. So we have our plan. We know we have to get in, get the key, get on the elevator, go to the torture chamber, and we're good to go. So, to be clear, the the the, the torture wing was the north wing. And that's on the main level. Yeah. That's on the same level as the utility wing that he initially entered. So it's access from the same, you can get to there from the same kind of, cent they all kind of co converge on a central area, which is where the elevator was. Okay. So that they're both on the main level. You, The so only visibility you got to a different level is... The second is two stories up where the library was. So when the elevator went up to the top of its reach, um, we didn't see what was on the levels that it passed between right. the level yes. and there the There is one the level right there in, in between that it didn't, it, yeah, it passed by. And presumably it probably goes deeper too. Yeah. That's a so, lot to go on. <laughs> yeah. So now we at least have the the main ins and outs, and we also know uh, that there were very few, though there were none, there were no soldiery types in that west exit, or in the north exit. Correct. Great. Well, on we... this main floor. So you learned some stuff. Okay. When the soldiers came in, they came in through the main entrance, correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So, um, is there anything else you'd like to do between now and the full moon? 
Tiffany, you mentioned you're studying your rituals. Um, refresh my fate points? Everyone may have a refresh. Yay! Yes! <laughs> refresh for the full moon! Yes. So you get a bit of a uh, relax for a few days. All right, so a few nights later, the full moon. So the wall is indeed a tall wall in between two other buildings. And it's a, calling it an alleyway doesn't quite feel right because it's pretty wide for an alleyway, but it's not formally, it doesn't seem intentional enough to be like a courtyard. It's a fairly wide alley that seems to have just sort of happened as city buildings came into being. But this wall Frank creates a really elegant frame when the moon is full. And all of you meet up a little ways away from the wall and then head on in. And sure enough, there is a whole lot of other activity happening. Um, oh, and uh, Tata is with you as well. He is very aware of the call of all of the cats in the city to the wall tonight and is coming with you. Is he affected by it? He, right, so there's no effect right now. Right now, this is just a, there. this is a lot of buzz and hubbub. Um, well, maybe there's a, maybe there's a tug going on, but he is, uh, uh, he's coming with you. As you reach the wall, the this wide alley is just full of cat folk and cats of all sizes. There are, in every alcove you can see, there are house cats. There are large cats that you're like not entirely sure where they came from, but there they are. You also see several of those larger cats transform out of a cat form into a cat folk hybrid form. So just like you've seen the were tigers transform back and forth, it seems like some cat folk have the are able to tra are able to change shape, others are not. Seems like kind of an advanced technique as you learn more and more about the cat folk. So one never quite knows what one is dealing with. But this area is full and there is a buzz. And many folks are also, some of them are proudly um, showing their identity and and uh, just being present. Uh, there's a lot of folks, though, who are cloaked and hit and trying to kind of stay, um, you know, not not just openly revealing that they're they're here. So uh, it's not hard for the group of you to be obscured. However, Eleanor, do you want to stay as you, as the group of you, or do you want to do any glamours? Because mm. you all could just be there and be cloaked, and that's an option. I, I think invisible would be good. Ah. Or we could just be more cat folk and just blend in with the crowd. It's up to you. Sure, let's do cat folk. 
Okay. Go ahead and give us a give us a glamour. So because so real quick, this is because this is a group. I'm assuming you don't need it to last more than this scene, um, but because this is a group, um, that will. Well, is Henna gonna want to see us? She might. Didn't that's we a... tell her that we were gonna come? Oh, that's right. You did. Yeah. Never mind. We're not glamoring. I okay. forgot we told. Are you keeping your? Are you openly displaying yourselves, or are you? cloaked and subtle. I think we'd be cloaked and subtle. Yeah, we still have all of our, you know, head, you know, obscuring sure. scarves and whatnot from okay. her new. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So you are obscured, but not glamoured. Yeah. Cool. So, um, there is a buzz in this era, in, in this crowd, and uh, a ton of anticipation. And the moon is just cresting the wall such that the perfect orb of the moon is just barely sliced off at the very bottom to give it a nice little artistic foundation. And at this moment, a silhouette dances her way out from one of the buildings, leaping down onto the wall and... Uh, cartwheels and pirouettes her way across the wall, <laughs> po- stopping right in the perfect spot to be silhouetted by the full moon behind her, with her arms held up. And the crowd goes silent. And you see an, a, an orange gleam from her chest that must be the Malkin eye. And she she lets out a feline moan that the crowd returns back gently. And it's this, like, harmonic dissonance that, like, just vibrates awkwardly because it's not a a, a good harmony. It's definitely dissonant, but it it has a very warm, full feel to it. And uh, you all are very aware that these are sounds you can't make if you try but you're aware of a silence next to you and Eleanor you look to your you look behind you and you see a cloaked form and in the depths of the hood you see Nafrini And she sees you at her eyes. Oh no, she banished us last she time. She sure we saw did. Her. Oh no. And her mouth drops open. And she steps up and she pulls she doesn't pull her hood down, but she pulls it back just enough so you can see her face. And she gets right up in your business, <gasps> Eleanor. What are you doing here? We... I should have known. We are here on... On very official business. Whose business? Um... Uh, um... I'm like, where's Mira? 
Where is Mira? Are you right next to me? I, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm right there. We're all standing together. Oh! Mira, you look over, <laughs> you hear Eleanor, Eleanor's reaction, you look over your shoulder, and holy crap, it's Nafrini. Okay, so she is in her hi, her hybrid panther form, in her cloak. She is very dressed down, but you recognize her. So I'm getting Mira like... Yeah. Uh... Mira, we, Nefrine, please understand, um, we, we would never have returned unless it was absolutely necessary, and we don't mean any insult or offense by our presence. We, in fact, hope to make as hasty a departure as we are capable of doing, and... I see, and is tearing down the... Is tearing down my city part of your grand plan? No. Only uh, it was an inadvertent... What? An inadvertent what side we, effect. What, what we, we hope to do is set things right. We plan to storm the pyramid and unseat Meshkenet. The divine face of Bastet, <laughs> Nafrini, <laughs> is speechless. <laughs> you. What? You are going to take all of these people and storm the pyramid? And you can t- you can see from her, mo- you can see that she is about to head up to the wall. <gasps> and Henna starts speaking. Oh no! My friends, what city is this? Perbestet, dedicated to our mother. The great cat herself. This is her city. And we are her children. And the cat, the crowd, mules in response. And Nefrini watches and listens. But who rules this city? Does a whiskered one sit on the throne and rule in her glory? The divine face of our mother, the glorious Nafrini herself, wields great power and influence. But she does not rule. We, her children, do not rule. A wretched, mewling human king sits on a throne of gold, and his dead grandmother sits behind him with an army of the dead. And somehow our citizens love them. Cheer for their undying devotion. The crowd growls. Deep, chesty growl. And every year the mangy hyenas take our streets. And now they roar. And again, I ask you, whose city is this? This 
is Bastet City, and we are her children! And the crowd starts, every, anyone who can stand is up. They are beginning to, like, there's a, a, a roaring energy building in the crowd, and she is working it. At this, Nefrini looks at the two of you. This has gone far enough. I'm putting an end to this. I grab her. <gasps> <laughs> well, that's unexpected. Is he? Is yeah. He so I quickly, I quickly, uh, uh, I mean, he, he. I quickly wrap my arms around her. Okay. Uh, at up until this point, I can't imagine that I've been seen. Oh no, you you're beneath notice. So sure. Um. Okay. So you are not sure who this person is, real quick. Just so you, you're not sure yeah. who this is. But, but it's she's, someone talking to She's the... got problems with my mistresses. Yeah, sure, sure thing. Okay. And... So are you wrapping her? Are you, like, how are you grabbing her? So uh, I am wrapping my arms around her... She's quite tall, I imagine. She's like five foot ten. She's pretty glorious. Yeah. Okay, so I I uh I wrap my arms around sort of her legs and do a uh just a little uh a little tackle. And uh my objective here is not to harm her, but to subdue her and stop her from interfering. So my objective is to basically wrestle her down to the ground and and hold her there. Okay. All right. Go ahead. And uh, um, that is. I'd a... like to. I'd like to roll fast for this. Ah, that feels fairly brutal. Yeah, I could. I could see brutal as well. Um, sure. I think to like get the jump on her, it would have to be fast. Where if she's like mid stride. I'm not trying to, like, slay her in the streets. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to entangle her and so prevent her from acting quickly. A, do you want, if you want to do it without making a scene, then it needs to be covert. Otherwise, mm. you can get her down. Oh, sure, I'll let you do it with fast, but it will make a scene. I'll do covert. Cool. Sounds good. Okay, I've got a plus two on the dice, and I've got a one covert, so that's a three. Okay, you are tied. She is going to spend a personal fate point. (sighs) Invoking her divine face of Bastet. And that when, as you try to wrestle her down, she will unmask that glory and make a scene. Okay, I am spending one of my fate points, uh, which is driven by the king killer. And I'm going to um, draw the emerald dagger, (gasps) king killer. And I'm going to hold it to her. And I'm simply going to say, there's no need 
for this to go any further. Let your people act of their own accord. So that will be a success at a basic cost. Um, she will, so that, da first of all, the, the dagger will hum with potent energy when you draw it on a powerful other being. And, um, she will know the threat. And your colleagues will know that you are carrying something like that. Yep. Cool. All right. I like this. So, Yolok tackles Nefrini to the ground, and you can, and you see a glow coming out of the face of her hood for a moment, but then he pulls out this dagger. Woo! We're gonna, like, jump over there. We're not gonna let him kill Nefrini. So as soon as he pulls this mm -hmm. dagger, I want to make a roll to you be are, fast. You are all there. Okay. It's very clear in the as soon as you pile in that he is that he is threatening, and she responds. But this dagger draws all of your attention. It is jeweled with with a big old giant pommel emerald, and it is humming with energy, and she freezes in reaction to it, and she looks at this thing with terror. And the two of you realize that, like, whatever he is holding, that thing is immensely powerful. Ooh. And it's reacting to, its energy is reacting to her energy. And as soon as she pulls back her divine power, the hum goes down. And the scene, the, the, the crowd doesn't seem to have particularly reacted, because you're all kind of towards the rear of the group. A, you're pretty sure Nefrini really hates y'all guts now. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she she did not like us before. We are really on her list Aww. now. Yolok, she throws you off. Fair enough. <laughs> I sheathe the she, dagger. And she storms away. Yep. And before she does, she looks at the two of you. With just, oh. I was gonna try to help disappointment. her Disappointment. Oh. <laughs> Nefrini, we're so and sorry. And she turns and she we goes, just... oh. and she is gone. Oh, she hates us. <laughs> I say it again, and you realize that Ahena has continued preaching to the crowd, and her attention pulls you back. I say it again. This is her city, and we are her children. We are her heirs. This is our city, our city. And so tonight, I call upon you, her children, to take back our city from the filthy dead. Let us tear open the doors and take the Great Pyramid. Follow me to the glory of the Mother! She holds a paw up in the air, and the crowd roars. 
and charges forward, scrambling up and over the wall, and a violent mob of cat folk and large cats and house cats storms through the city to the Great Pyramid. What is Tata doing? Tata is absolutely caught up in the wave of Henna's power. And Tata also goes charging in. Now, as you approach the pyramid, um, so the, the, the district of the cat is to the south end of the city. You're approaching the pyramid from the south. Mm-hmm. And the crowd kind of divides itself between the south service entrance and the east main entrance. And at first, the, uh, as the, the, uh, horde of cats rages towards the pyramid, at first the guards are completely unprepared. Cats are crawling all over the side of the pyramid. And, the the guards that are there are completely overpowered. But then, out of the main entrance, they swing open and an army starts coming out. And of the, the east entrance? The main east entrance on the, the, the main avenue of the cat. And out of that, at the front of that entrance comes... Ghost Rider from earlier, and he is at the head of a battalion of dead, heavily armored dead against, you know, martially talented but unarmored civilian angry cats, and they start fighting. But guess who finds him head to head? Tata. Oh no! Oh no! So, Tata and Ghost Rider are gonna go duke it out. <gasps> but this is your break. No! Oh, no! We have to leave Tata to get in. Oh no! <laughs> Tata charges at Ghost Rider. With his sword drawn. He is the only armored person in this entire crowd of cats. And he charges forward like a comet. And the two of them lock swords. And Tata is glowing with radiant energy. And the, and his opponent is bursting flame from every, every break in the armor of his, every joint in his armor. And the two of them start absolutely duking it out, and seem closely matched. But probably not evenly matched. And, in fact, you see Ghost Rider catch a moment where he's able to get a full-on front kick right in Tata's chest and send him hurtling back a good 30 feet in the air. And Tata crashes into some barrels, gets to his feet and comes charging back in. And your read is that Tata can keep this guy busy for a while. 
but he is probably not a match for this powerful undead. So he'll probably die? Or something. But you have a you have an opening. We gotta take it. We gotta go. We gotta My trust mistress that, is, like, he's the one that has the key. The to be fair, there are probably lots of, there are probably more of the keys than just him. Just saying. I don't have but anything Brendan, ranged. Like, key. I want to do something to help from afar, because, like, we can't, like, like, get in a word with him. He's in lock sword mode, and... Oh, yeah, you certainly can't talk. Yeah, we can't, you can like, certainly tell him, do like, something to help. Wondering what we can do. Um, can I veil Tata? Yeah, you don't have any active stuff right now. No. Because then, sure, Skeletor can't see him. <laughs> Crispy head, Ghost Rider, <laughs> Skeletor. Sure. Okay, so that's a three. Sure, that'll do. All right. So, suddenly Tata winks out of sight, and Skeletor swings around angrily and actually unleashes a blast of flame in the wrong direction. And suddenly, Tata reappears with a massive as a as a massive overhead blow crashes in to the skeletor's shoulder from behind and he goes staggering forward the veil is broken by the attack but he got himself a good upper hand and the shift uh, the the it seems to have evened the scales a bit and he can and tata presses his his advantage i guess do you want to take out the skeleton I mean, do you have time? Well, he has the key. We have to get a key. There are lots of keys, though. There's possibly other key holders oh. inside, and this fray is not going to last. Like, the but more... we also don't know how. Like, we don't know if those keys all grant access. This person had a meeting with, yep. with the the big boss. So that key might be a skeleton key. Hmm. <laughs> Brendan. Yeah. Yolak. Get a fate point for the uh for the pun? Is that what you were gonna say? <laughs> no, definitely not. Um you uh you see the key. He has a collection of keys on his belt. You should just go in and Oh, he has a collection of keys on his belt? Sure. Why not? Alright. Uh We have to take him down. Mistresses, I'll be right back. And I uh, I run towards him. Okay. So um, snagging a thing off a dude in the midst of one-on-one combat is uh, challenging at best. No, no. I, I want to uh, I want to aid in uh, in fighting him. Oh. That I thought you were gonna go snag the key, snag the the key. Nope. Go for a quick uh, a quick stab here and there. Make sure that uh, Tata can get the coup de gras and grab the keys. Okay. So, um, go ahead and give me a 
Um, so in order for you to do that without drawing his his own attention, that's going to be covert, not fast, because this is an extended kind of thing. Okay. Cool. All right, go ahead. Um, difficulty three. Plus one on the dice. That's not going to do it. That's a two. <sighs> I'm going to use lightning wits. Mm. Uh, and I'm going to uh, use a scenic aspect. I'm going to use my free invoke on it. Um, and the aspect I'm going to use is going to be uh, the chaos of battle. There are, you know, there are a number of smaller melees occurring all over the place. This guy's just been stabbed sure. through the, sh the shoulder, and he's focused on another opponent. Okay, uh, I'll go with that. I know it's not entirely environmental, uh, but I feel like the environment in this particular yeah, yeah, yeah. case also I, includes a large melee. I'm okay with it. That no, that that cool. feels okay. So, uh on my turn, I can invoke that without taking an action. So, I traverse the terrain to him mm -hmm. and uh I attack. Um, so, we're going to we're going to play this out. Or, we're not going to go turn by turn. Um Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, you are able so that 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 lets you have a positive impact on so you're able to have a uh, a positive impact on Tata's duel with this guy without pull, without this guy realizing that you are directly okay. jumping in and stabbing and tripping and uh, but along the way he absolutely gets tripped up takes a slice here and there that wasn't expecting as he crashes in to a, as the group as the two of them crash into a crowd that you just happen to be in and just happen to have a pointy edge waiting for him when he does. And Sweet. Um, it takes a little while, but Tata wears him down as he is. Uh, and you see sparks and, and flame, gouts of flame from every wound he takes escaping. And he starts slowing down. And it, there's a final moment where um, he stumbles and quick as lightning, as lightning Tata uh, leaps onto a, uh, a near up to on top of a nearby pile of crates, leaps off with a double hand thing, with a double hand grip on his, his sword and, and cleaves the creature's head off and the, the lieutenant falls to the ground. And Tata slumps to his knees, gasping, injured, but alive. And totally not paying attention to the random kobold beneath notice who's able to snag a ring of keys. Yay! Rock and roll! Good. Okay. And I go back to uh, Eleanor. So, you all, what entrance are you going to head to? There is, the main entrance is open, but there are a ton of fighters happening in there. The south entrance is not open, but there's a whole lot of activity going on there. 
The north and east entrances, you don't know, but presumably a whole bunch of attention is being pulled to these other entrances. Where are you going to enter? The north so the entrance. north entrance was the torture possible torture area, and Correct. the west west entrance was the construction material entrance. Yeah, the maintenance entrance. Okay. Yep. I think we go quickest quickest access. I think we go north. As you approach the north entrance, it is clear that with the time you waited for Tata to for Tata and Yolak to bring down the guy, that you've lost a bit of time and a bit of opportunity. And there is a lot there are guards at the entrance, but it's a light guard. But you have keys. And that's really valuable. Next, we will enter the pyramid. Thank you.